Today on the show, saints with superpowers of what shall we be afraid? The church is your Italian mother. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Put your hand on the radio, on the internet, on your streaming box, on your podcasting device of choice. It is the CU Weekly. It is the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 375. Wow. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She is our locally sourced faith ninja, back from uh, from tapping the Rockies. Mm-hmm. I am. Yes, yeah. She just kind of patted them on the head and uh, moved along. Flew on back. That's right. Uh, also joining us, Olivia Galino. The Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Still true. Still true. Glad to have you with us, uh, Olivia. Thank you. That's right. And then, of course, Jeff Blackwell up on the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite, where he is the Technical Director of our Catholic Underground, and he's the Commandant of that self-same satellite. Hey, Jeff. It's looking good up here. I do like to say the word <laughs> self-same. You notice that whenever I introduce you, I use that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite like quasi-liturgical words that translates directly from the Latin, self-same. Self-same. Yeah. If you mention Jesus in a prayer, you can then say the self-same Christ our Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great old word. It is. Because we know you're all itching to do that. Speaking of great old words, Ed Ball (laughs) is a word that was spoken from the beginning of time, and he is presently in the the ball pit, in the video cave, switching the video for all of us. Uh, So there there it is. I I didn't mean to call you old, Ed. Yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah, well, we'll make you some <laughs> when rice he can't even defend himself. He can't. No, that we haven't put a microphone. What was that? What was that? No, <laughs> That's right. No. We haven't put a microphone in there yet. Yeah. We can't even see him. No, we can't. There's well, a, there's all of a sudden, it's right just going to be us. like a nostril shot of Father Chris. <laughs> well, I was going to say in the, in the same vein, right? Anytime there's a video feed involved, uh, kind of like you don't want to tick off the artist if yeah. he's you know painting uh-huh. your portrait. Yeah. Same thing. I was about to say something's about to go right. dark. Like yeah, exactly. Notice that is exactly why I never make fun of Jeff on the air, mm. because he's the one who controls the vertical and the horizontal of my audio. E. Oh, wait, I do make fun of Jeff all the time. And I don't care. <laughs> There's forgiveness for that. That's true. Jeff is merciful. He's a merciful Jeff. That's what I need, a, a button or something that does something, because he makes fun of me all the time. That's true. Oh, I'm yeah. so It's okay. That's sorry. what makes us the Catholic Underground. We can do this sort of thing on a Sunday evening uh, coming into your, your homes or travel pods or whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. If she gets a button, though, I get a shock collar for every time you call me Kevin. Ooh. Yeah! <laughs> well, I'm halfway there already. It doesn't <laughs> have a shock ability that I know of, uh, other can... than it shocks other people whenever I'm in the coffee shop. That's mm. true. You know, it's true. My goodness, you know one of the things that also shocks people? Uh, the saints. They are shocking in the way that they live their lives, right? Mm. Because they, they do extraordinary things in an ordinary way, right? They do they do ordinary things extraordinarily, and that's what makes a saint a saint. Not that they've got it all figured out, but uh, that they, in their figuring it out, and they're giving everything to the Lord, they provide an important witness. And so we thought, okay, this 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 topic's a little cheesy, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, five saints who totally had superpowers, because yes. you know the 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 Marvel craze and even the DC universe is trying desperately to hang on with the the yeah. superhero mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and um and Saints, their superpowers don't come because of kryptonite or or, uh, or their planet exploded. Mm-hmm. They've only got the one. Uh, We're still here. But but their ability to do sometimes, um, you know, gravity-defying and even physics-defying things were mm-hmm. because of the work of the Lord in them. And so uh, not just in a summer blockbuster. So we thought we'd go through five here from a, a church pop article 
Uh, the first of which being uh, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Now, you might remember St. Joseph of Cupertino for one reason if you're a student, because mm-hmm. he is a patron of, of students, but he's also called the Flying Saint. Yep. And I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't, I didn't either. know that. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where he, he, would, he wouldn't just kind of fly in private, uh, but he would actually levitate in front of large groups of people. Mm-hmm. And it almost always happened while he was at prayer. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, you know, this is, this is an important thing to note. The saints don't do these things. It's kind of like when you read in, uh, in Paul's letters, Jeff, about the different uh, spiritual gifts, the manifestations of the Spirit, mm-hmm. is that they are not given for the glorification of the person who has the spiritual right. gift, like uh, speaking in tongues and gifts of prophecy and gotcha. words from the Lord and things like that. Yeah. But they are given for the building up of the church. And so that's where the saints' superpowers shine the most, is whenever they are for the benefit of God. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Jesus talks about that too, that they may see the works that you do mm-hmm. and glorify my heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And so St. Joseph of Cupertino, whenever he would celebrate Mass, whenever he would, uh, would recite the Liturgy of the Hours, sometimes just at the mention of the name of Jesus or another saint, he would involuntarily go into ecstasy and he would, he would levitate. And so he would kind of the, the laws of, of gravity would suspend, and he would, he would actually rise into the air. Wow. Um, I remember reading something similar about um, St. Philip Neri and yeah. that biography of him that has the word fire in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as specific as I can be. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he used to levitate um, during prayer and even during Mass. And, um, and whoever was writing the biography would say that um, eyewitness accounts would say that he would tell himself a joke to like bring himself down, literally. Yeah, right. Would, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that he would, like, people wouldn't notice that that's what he was doing mm-hmm. or that he would immediately like, come, down, you know, come down to earth. Wow. Yeah, um, the fire of joy. Right, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is, is you know, even sometimes the saint can realize this could possibly get in the way of the Lord working, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the beautiful thing about the, the gifts of the saints is they themselves, as any saint, like you or me, huh, saints in training, um, whenever we recognize that the gift has the potential to become more about me than about the Lord, uh, we also have the ability to say, okay, um, I'm going to forego this gift, which itself is a great sacrifice offered yeah. back to God, yeah. you know. Um, because who, if they had the opportunity to stay in ecstasy, wouldn't want to, you know, uh, sure. to be able to to contemplate the mysteries in some kind of unveiled, if briefly, moment. Uh, St. Joseph Cupertino, of course, did that. Uh, it says his constant, uncontrollable levitating actually became a problem. <laughs> yeah. And his religious superiors deemed the phenomenon disruptive. Uh, you know, I mean, as, as many religious superiors do. And you can see that yeah. there is this interesting tug of war that right. takes mm-hmm. place between God granting a gift and then someone's religious superior saying, okay, it, it is wonderful, but... Yeah. Right. Chill, Joe. Just, but, just, but chill, Joe. Yeah, something, something, not Kathleen, other Kathleen. That's something that... Uh, I just got shocked, sorry. That's something that... Other uh, Kathleen, wow. That's this something. is what I've become. I mean, I'm flattered because at least it's, number one, a girl's name yep. and in the... In the, and the, the, the epitome of... of the, yeah. the inimitable oh, Kathleen. Wow. But come sorry. on. Sorry. <laughs> at the end of his life, he was transferred to different monasteries and he was actually kept in cells by himself. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you that, know. and there's uh, for those of you listening on the radio, you can't appreciate this, but if you can catch the uh, the podcast, yeah. Oh, there's this wonderful picture, uh, and it really it really looks like a photograph. I believe of, it's uh, actually a. a um, I, I I believe it is a uh, a physical form, like it's a statue, like a. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, like a mannequin. Wow. I forget what church it's in. Okay. Um, but but that's actually physically uh, you know held up by some form of wire in okay. a church. All right. 
It's I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's um, it's it's cool to remember. I'd, a saint I'd have to Google it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And in Italy, you see all these sort of strange things like that too. Oh, you know, okay. especially in Europe, there are a lot of kitschy things that we would go, eh. Yeah. But yeah. the Europeans uh, are really amazed morbid. by, you know. Yeah. I uh, know, also I morbid, been. yeah. Like the bone church. Uh, in oh, yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Kitschy uh-huh. slash morbid. Right. Ooh, As yeah. we are bone now, church. you also will be one day. Mm. You have to look up the bone church there on um, on the Google if yeah. you're listening to us uh, on your commute. All right. Uh, the second, St. Catherine of Alexandria. Mm. Um, and her superpower is a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> Yeah, what? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a, a princess in the in Egypt in the third century. She had received a very good education. Though she was raised as a pagan, when she was a teenager, she claimed that the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to her, told her that she had been wed to Christ in a mystical marriage, and that she was con- and, and she was converted instantly to the Christian faith. Soon after, she got a personal audience with uh, the Roman Emperor Maxentius, and she tried to convince him to stop persecuting Christians. The emperor, of course, brought out his great philosophers and all of his best rhetoricians to debate Catherine, but she won the debate every time, and uh, several of the people who were debating with her were so impressed, they themselves converted to Christianity. And this is what we would call the spiritual gift is an infusion of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Um, furious, the emperor had her imprisoned, but her persuasiveness just continued in prison. So she met fellow prisoners uh, <laughs> and people who visited. 200 people were converted by her evangelism. When she refused to stop converting people to the Christian faith despite being tortured, the emperor tried to persuade her to stop by asking her to marry him. Oh, that'll do it. And she she refused. I think actually the picture that I have there is Catherine of Siena, not of Alexandria, oh, so I okay. apologize. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All right. That's okay. So if you're listening, you have Also the Jedi anything. mind trick. Exactly. There it oh, is. Really? Yeah. Oh, this oh, is oh, not the, the Catherine you're looking for. Uh, she refused. <laughs> she refused the emperor, and he sentenced, sentenced her to death. Uh, but when she touched the, the spiked braking wheel that was going to be used to kill her, it shattered spontaneously. Wow. The emperor then ordered her to be beheaded, which uh, successfully ended and began her life. Wow. You know what I always say about the saints, and this is something that I continue to... This is a, a word from, uh, from the great author Michael D. O'Brien. The saints are more awake than we are now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great phrase, right? Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's something you could chew on for a while. Yeah. Uh, St. Vincent Ferrer, uh, bringing people back from the dead, uh, uh, you know, the resurrection stone, is his, uh, is his, is his superpower. Uh, he's most famous for his missionary work, his preaching, and his theology, his theological works. But he also had that amazing supernatural ability to bring people back from the dead, and he did it on several occasions. Um, one story, he entered a church with a corpse inside in front of a number of witnesses. He simply made the sign of the cross over the corpse. The person came back to life. And then in another more um, impressive one, if you will, uh, he happened upon a procession for a certain man to be executed by hanging for committing a grievous crime. And somehow Vincent knew that the person was innocent. Uh, again, this is an infusion of knowledge, a word of knowledge. Um, and, uh, and he pleaded with the government with no use, it didn't didn't work. The uh, the corpse was being carried on a, stri- a stretcher. Then, Vincent asked the corpse, "Is this man guilty? Answer me." And the dead man comes back to life, sits up, and says, "This man is not guilty. He is innocent of this crime." And then he laid back down on the stretcher. Wow. What? Wow! So cool. Even the dead will cry out yeah. huh, for what oh. is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, uh, when Vincent offered the man a reward for helping to vindicate the innocent man, the man said, "No, Father, for I am assured of my salvation." And he died again right there mm. on the stretcher. Mm. Wow! Uh huh. 
I know that's a great that's a great one, isn't it? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. I never. Heard so that one. so I mean, we often talk about how nobody has ever you know come back to let us know. Um, well, some of the some of the the saints, those that they have impacted, uh, have indeed have indeed risen from the dead miraculously in mm-hmm. order to provide testimony, and then to say, nope, um, since I have spoken true from from my stretcher as I'm being carried away, um, I'm now assured of my salvation and. Back to rest he went. Yes, St. Vincent Ferrer, pray for us. Also, St. Padre Pio, uh, his superpower would be that he may very well be Superman. I don't know. I think so. And again, the saints are are not supers because of of what they can do, Mm -hmm. but because they are conduits of the Lord working miracles through them. Um, He had just about every superpower you can think of. Uh, There are claims that he could bilocate, which is to be in more than one place Mm -hmm. at one time. Uh, that he could read souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people uh, noted this, that in the confessional, um, as he was hearing their confession, he would he would tell them the things that they were in there for, and mm-hmm. he would also tell them mm-hmm. the things that they were not confessing yeah. mm-hmm. and would invite them to do so. Wow. Uh, he also had uh, that, that supernatural gift of levitation going into ecstasy while in prayer, and he could also heal the sick. And again, this is something that the Lord allows, like in the scriptures, the Lord allows these kind of these suspensions of the the, the natural uh, broken way of things to show us how God wishes to work. Because yeah. remember, um, immortality is something that that the Lord intended for us from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so we see in in the works of the saints, and certainly in Jesus, who said that there will be greater works than these done um, by by the ones who are my disciples. It's to show how God really wants things to be. These are little previews of heaven, right? Yeah. And then, of course, there was one oh, who... Real, oh, yep, yep, real, yep, real, yep. I uh-huh. just wanted to say that uh, Padre Pio, because I just really uh, recently learned this, but he was also told by um, you know Vatican officials, if you will. Yeah, he was investigated by yeah. Uh, yeah, by the Holy Office, right. Yeah, hold calm, it down. Well, yeah, calm it down, know. people. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm super excited because next week I'm going to bring in my small bust of Padre Pio that I just got in Denver. Oh, wow. Oh, I can't good. believe I forgot it, but it's probably the Rang reason it. that my bag got inspected. Good. That's it. Very cool. Oh, usually so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find any time that there's something religious in my bag, of course there always is, uh, <laughs> then sometimes I'll get pulled aside. But you know what? I love it because it is an opportunity... Mm-hmm. To introduce them to why I wear the collar. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see, you see there. Yes. Um, Christina the Astonishing. Now she uh, is not an officially canonized saint of the Church, but in her own lifetime, in the 12th and 13th century, she um, she was considered kind of a, a living saint because you know she uh, had significant things happened through her yeah. intercession. They don't right? call her Christina the Mediocre. That's no, that, no, that's right. And so true. presumably, I mean, she was supposedly indestructible, okay? Wow. So uh, she, she appeared to die of a seizure in her early 20s. Her body was prepared for burial. A funeral was held. In the middle of the funeral, she sat up full of energy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she said that she had had a supernatural experience of heaven, hell, and purgatory. And then she told her family and friends that the sole reason she had returned was to suffer for the relief of those in purgatory and the conversion of sinners still on earth. And that's when some pretty interesting things started to happen. She fasted and deprived herself of bodily comforts pretty severely. Um, she would also regularly throw herself into furnaces and leave them without burns. Um, in the dead of winter, she'd go swimming in a nearby icy river, like they do in Australia, uh, sometimes staying in the water for days or even weeks at a time. Why? Sometimes she'd allow herself to be sucked into a mill that was operating on the river and would be whirled around by the mill wheel. She'd allow herself wow. to be ravaged by dogs, would go running through thorns, and all these things, she'd always come away unscathed, and she lived to be 74 years old. Now, why would wow. somebody do this, Jeff? Wow. No idea. 
in those days to just, witness radically to the gospel. Mm, pretty mm, radical. Mm, yeah. That's that pretty very, radical. Very. I don't even think that if, I don't even know. Well, I, I'm going to say I don't know. I don't even know that I, if I had the ability to do that, that I would. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be I'm afraid of like throwing the, myself into a mill wheel. Yeah, like the thought mm. process that precedes like, well, that mill's working. I should go throw myself into it. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Because, well, and the reality is, is like, what if this doesn't, like, what if this is it? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I've run out of But I mean, that's perhaps one of the great testaments to the saints sure. is, is, you know, we often call them holy fools, right? Because mm-hmm. the foolishness of God mm. is, uh, well, and the faith that God is, is greater God. than the foolishness of man, right? right. And so to, to be able to say, uh, than the wisdom of man, and to say that I am, to say that I am, uh, a faith-filled person, if, if I've had an experience, certainly, of heaven, hell, and purgatory, you know, in a Dante-like fashion, and I'm come back to tell you about it, mm-hmm. then I'd imagine my faith is pretty unsinkable at that point, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, the, but the saints, again, uh, they, they are capable of these things so that witness can be given and so that we can uh, turn ourselves aright, huh? to turn away from sin and back to the gospel. And, you know, of, uh, of course, Jeff, one of the things that we always turn ourselves towards, because we try to point towards Jesus, is that we are the Catholic underground. <laughs> Craig in the chat room says, wow, sucked into a mill. Yeah, I wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, You are listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. We are on the radio live each week at 7 p.m. on 690 a.m. in New Orleans, on um, on 1380 in Baton Rouge, and on 105.9 FM in Baton Rouge. Tell you what. Yeah, so so if you're listening to us in glorious mono stereo, probably on the fm station right yes indeed right. it does sound good it does sound good yeah i'm father chris joining me of course uh, jeff blackwell's up in space we got olivia galino and kathleen lee and our picks of the week are coming up but um you know there are many things of which i would be afraid not just falling into a wheel you know a mill yeah but um but pope francis tries to kind of order our ways aright yet again by yeah. telling us you think you're going to be afraid of the thing but that's not the thing you should be afraid of yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, <laughs> the thing, the thing, the thing. If you rewind a couple of weeks to uh, Sunday, July 1st, uh-huh. right during his Angelus address. Yeah. And that's where the Pope comes out to the, mm-hmm. to the window of the apostolic palace. Right. And he and lays down some truth. He lays knowledge. down some truth. Yeah. He's like, what's Not that? just some truth, but the truth. Yes. And he, at this point he was talking about the gospel for the day, right? Which if, if you remember, um, mm-hmm. contained two miracles, which we will get to. Don't spoil it yet. Okay. But he has, he has this idea that, you know, he goes on to say that Catholics have no reason to fear death mm-hmm. because let's be honest, when you start to think about it, it can get a little scary. Yeah. When you start to think about your own death. When I was a teenager, I remember having a very particularly emo week whenever I, I'm... Just one week? Well, <laughs> specifically that one week where I was just afraid of death. Mm. Right. I cried the whole week. Oh, wow. I didn't have mascara, but I no, cried I the bad. whole week. There was no eyeliner or anything. I wasn't one of those emos. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Yep. Sorry. Keep going. So he says... We have no reason to fear death because, of course, Christ the Lord has power over death. Yes. Instead, we should fear sin, mm-hmm. right, which hardens and kills the soul. Right? Pope Francis said this. He said, Jesus is the Lord, and before him, physical death is like sleep. There is no reason to despair. A different thing is the death, uh, is the death to be afraid of, that of the heart hardened by evil. Mm-hmm. Of that, yes, we must be afraid. It is the death of the heart. 
Jesus even mm-hmm. talks about that too, right? That that uh, that we shouldn't be afraid of those things, like those those people and those situations that can kill the body, right? But to be afraid of that which can kill the soul, right? And that's really what sin does, right? Right. So he says, but even if sin, but even sin, even the mummified heart is never the last word for Jesus. Booyah! Mm-hmm. He doesn't say booyah. I did, but yeah. uh, because he has brought us the infinite mercy of the Father. The inter- the idea of a mummified heart, mm-hmm. like something that is that it itself is so near death yeah you know it's already been embalmed and, and counted as gone yeah and even that is not the last one if you've ever seen it reminds me of those movies where like somebody gets mummified right and yeah. they're like oh no they're about to and then somebody like cuts through the mummy tape and yeah or under wraps mm-hmm. that disney channel yep. movie where the mummy oh my no no one else i know i know it yeah, yeah yeah was that the late 90s early yes au- early knots no i think it was late 90s mm. Anyway, that's what I thought of whenever you were talking. All right. Wow. <laughs> Pope Francis explained that even if we fell down, Jesus' soft and strong voice reaches us. Reaches us. I tell you, get up. It is beautiful to hear those words of Jesus addressed to each one of us. I tell you, stand up, go. Stand up, be brave. Get up. Right? And so, of course, he's talking about um, Jairus, who is a synagogue uh, official, official yeah. um, goes to Jesus in the gospel and asks him to come and heal his daughter. Right. And, um, and you know, this idea, like Pope Francis is always saying that, like he's always given these, these motives to get up. And, you know, of course here he's referring back to Jesus and his command, be brave, go out, do something like make your heart alive. Right. Don't live with this mummified heart. That's right. And we don't have to, right. The, so, so much of it, uh, is, uh, is the, 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 Jesus telling us that that even when it seems like we're at the point of death, we must live right. for him. And so as Pope Francis um, often does, he, he speaks to the young people, right? And so in both of these, these, uh, per, these, in the gospel reading, there are two miracles, right? On his way to Jairus' house, he runs into the woman with a hemorrhage, mm-hmm. right? And in, in both of these cases, there is a single sinner. Um, Pope Francis says that sinner is faith. He said, they showed Jesus as the source of life, as the one who gives back life to those who trust him fully, right? When Jesus and the disciples, as they walked to the house of Jairus, received the message that the girl has already died, this is what Pope Francis says. I love, I just love his language. We can imagine the dad's reaction, he said, but Jesus tells him, do not be afraid, only have faith, right? And he, and Pope Francis puts us in that moment of like, he, Jairus, this guy has come to Jesus and said, my, my daughter, like I'm at the, this is the end of my rope. You're, you're like the last chance. Can you imagine like this guy who heals people is coming through town and Jairus runs to him is like, my daughter is dying. Right. Right. And, and Jesus stops to help this woman. And you can, I could just imagine him on that sideline, like hurry up, like, right. you know, and Jesus is like, don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, this is now God's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Pope Francis goes on to say that everyone should strive to have this faith, right? And that sounds a whole lot easier uh, said than done, right? Um, and no one should, should ever feel they do not have a right to reach out to Jesus, just mm-hmm. like the hemorrhaging woman, right. right? And I think a lot of times when I, when I hear this, this story, um, how beautiful that reaction of the woman is, that, yeah. that you know, Jesus is probably walking through the crowd on a mission, right? And he's got these people around him and, and Jairus is like, come on, come on. You know, and she's just like, I, I got nothing else to lose, right? And she reaches out to Jesus, right? Even though, would he stop? Would he heal? Did she know? Like, I, I would imagine being in her spot that I would say, 
I, I don't know if he has to say some words over me or if he has to know my name or see my face, right? But in a crowd of, of a bunch of people, she just touches the hem of his, of his robe, right? And that Pope Francis says that none of us should, should ever hesitate to reach out to Jesus, right? No matter what is in our mind, like, oh, he's busy, he's got other things going on, he's got to solve world hunger, you know. Um, Pope Francis says, to have access to the heart of Jesus, there is only one requirement, to feel in need of healing and to entrust oneself to him, mm-hmm. he said. And that's the first step, right? To look at ourselves and, and, and realize, yeah, I'm, I need some healing, right? You might look at your own heart and say, well, I'm seeing some mummy rapping going on, right? Um, and to acknowledge that because that's the first step. The, hem- the woman with the hemorrhage, you know, Jairus reaching out to, to, to Jesus in the first place, you know, um, these two people, both realize that there needed to be healing in their life, mm-hmm. right? And that's the first step, and then to approach Jesus. That's right, and the first thing they think about is, I- I've got to get to him. Right. Jairus, a synagogue official who was probably being beset on all sides, right? Mm-hmm. you know, and then the woman with the hemorrhage who was at her last, her, her wit's end, right? Yeah. And I love how she uh, thinks that she's done something wrong, mm-hmm. and Jesus turns around, and he says, your faith has saved you. Yeah. And immediately that fear and trembling gives way to, this, ha- this has happened. This thing that I felt within me, mm-hmm. Jesus willingly desired for me. You right. know? Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting, too, that, uh, I mean, Jesus was in a crowd of people, so surely he was being touched by yeah, a lot sure, of people. Everybody right. was, yeah. Just, you know, you see kind how of, close the crowds uh, press in on you, and yet you wonder who touched me, right? Right, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think about, like, it was the person who was kneeling. It was right. the person who was, you know, face to face with the dirt. And, and being trampled, and probably. just you know, mm-hmm. as a desperate attempt, reached out and touched the tassel, touched his hem, because yeah. that was dirty and mucky and, and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an act of faith. That one, that little motion, was an yeah. act of faith, yeah. and it was enough. Yeah, beautiful. And and I think that uh, the Holy Father is right on target. Of course, right yeah. is is to fear sin, not death. To have holy fear of God. To have a holy fear. Of, of hell. Right. The, those things are important because that is what causes us to want to love the Lord, to not displease him, to turn our lives towards him. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's important to, to keep that in, pro- in, in perspective yeah. because otherwise we can go through life being unnecessarily emo. Yep. You know, yep. I, I, might, I might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of the, co- the cuff, the Pope asks, as he always does, I love how he directs his questions. Does each one of you feel in need of healing, to be healed of something, some sin, some problem? And if you hear this, do you have faith in Jesus? These are the two requisites to be healed, to have access to his heart, the heart of Jesus. One, to feel in need of healing, and then two, to rely on him, to have faith. Mm-hmm. And as it, uh, as it happens, we have the sacrament of healing mm-hmm. uh, and the sacrament of reconciliation, whereby we can truly touch the hem of the garment of the Lord by being contrite. Important things for reconciliation is uh, you have somebody who is contrite mm-hmm. and, uh, and willing to receive forgiveness, and the priest can work. And of course, uh, you're watching and listening to the Catholic Underground. There's more on the other side of the break, so stick with us. A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, also joined by Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, Jeff Blackwell, yeah. and TV's Ed in the ball pit. Yeah. Over yonder. That's right. Exactly. Um, Jeff, you are kicking off some, some sweet new jams. Yeah, when will we get new music? Well, we just got the band together last weekend. Yeah. We just, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. A little recession, <laughs> record some stuff. Love it. You know, I have always wanted uh, the the musical phenom James Rosenblum to mm. record oh, yes. a, a theme for Catholic Underground. That'd be cool. Wow. I don't know if he watches or listens to the Catholic Underground, but if you haven't heard James Rosenblum's music, mm. boy, oh boy. Yep. Yeah. I'll have to put a link in the show Let's notes. Let's get Jimmy on the phone, will you? That's right. Uh, have, <laughs> okay. have Jeff's people talk to his people or something like that. And he goes by James, by the way. He does James. go by James, yeah. yeah. We, we may have lost James. <laughs> no I chance. I have Patrick. Uh, let's see. Uh, our picks of the week are coming up uh, in a little while. But if you've stuck with us this long, here's another one of those cheesy yet wonderful topics, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is the six ways, because we love lists, mm-hmm. that the church is like your Italian mama. And it just so happens we have Olivia Galino, whose mama is... Italian. That's right. Uh, yeah, Galino, right? Yeah. Um, wh- whose mama is, uh, well, not exactly Italian, but she she's, has stepped into the role very well. She's more Italian than most Italian women I've ever met. Huh. So I think that she, she's she been embraced by the, the culture, certainly the family, enough that she's definitely super Italian. Yeah, sure. We'll and, give her that. And when you're yeah. a Catholic, all of a sudden you have some Italian heritage. That's right? true. Yeah. There you go, mm-hmm. Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yay. Mamma mia. She always wants to be in the Rome Club, Kathleen. Does, I do. One she day I will. Exactly. Send Kathleen to Rome. But yeah, so I, I think that, I mean, yes, while cheesy, this is a very interesting topic, especially coming off of what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Is it a couple mm-hmm. weeks now? Um, basically talking about women in the church. Uh, yeah. What does that look yeah. like? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that not look like? And then how do we how do we find a bridge between what makes us uncomfortable about that and where we can find peace with that? Yeah. Um, but it is the, is it a, a truth of the church um, that she is a mother? Yeah. Um, that's why we refer to her in the feminine. The church is a mm-hmm. she. That's right. Holy um, Mother Church. Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not an accident that we call her a mother. We mm-hmm. don't call her a sister. We don't call her a great aunt. We mm-hmm. don't call her a third cousin once removed. We call her a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting, especially because the face of the church is often very masculine. You know, you have your bishop, you have priests, you have, yeah, you know, this one. Um, <laughs> Whatever I am. With that little, like, merp face just now. Yeah, there you go. Father um, Kevin. <laughs> finally, someone else is Kevin. Um, and, and in recent decades, that masculine face has been portrayed as a bad thing. Uh, and I, I would extend that not just to recent des- decades, but to sure. the history of the church. Sometimes mm-hmm. that can be looked on poorly, mm-hmm. um, as if women aren't getting their fair shake. Uh, and that this whole widespread and wholesale effort to feminize the church through you know music or liturgical flourish or more females on the altar has honestly failed to produce the ecclesial popularity, especially among men, that's been promised by the people who promote it. Um, 
and you know perhaps like a better model than trying to to insert the feminine into the church in ways like you know having more females on the altar or things that seem feminine like pastel streamers and whatever like those things are facsimiles of the real thing which is the fact that the church is a mother that's right so if we come back to that and then we we start with that as our foundation we find ways to manifest that in in us and in the way that we are the church then that's more authentic right yeah um, so although there are many external reminders of the church's motherhood, um, such as the embrace of St. Peter's squares, think about, um, if you've ever been to Rome, Kathleen, don't worry one day. I've um, seen pictures. It's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. If you, yeah, if you've ever seen pictures of like a papal mass or the Angelus yeah. or a canonization or something, you'll notice that the, the St. Peter's Saint square, yeah. yeah. And it's not really a square cause it's a circle That's right. and they're the, I forget what the arms are called. Colonnade. The colonnade. There you go. Mm. Uh, the colonnade, uh, it's like. A hug. You're That's getting right. an embrace. Yeah, it from embraces the church. you. Did you ever notice oh, that, Jeff? Yeah. That the the columns of the colonnade that go in a circular motion, they do so, so that it can embrace the world. Yeah. I you know it's it's odd. I've never really thought about it, but I yeah. felt it. You yeah, know? sure. Never really, uh, that, Absolutely. That, that's beautiful. That's why architecture 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 <laughs> speaks theology. Never it forget does. that. I love Never forget yes, it. Architecture right. speaks theology. I it love does. Sacred If theology. it's vertical, I mean, if it's embracing. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, yeah. And it's little things like that that you can miss, especially because there are, there are masculine saints on top of the, the embrace. But what are they doing? They're hugging with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something, this maternity is something that Pope Francis has returned to. This is, this is almost, I don't want to call it a pet project cause that seems like pejorative, but this is something that's very important to him mm-hmm. is the idea of women in the church and exploring that more, fleshing that out. Yeah. Um, but also just returning to it. It's a very deep and rich tradition in the church of the of church's yeah, it's, mother. It's not new just because modernity, uh, is kind of whipping it up in its own image. Right. Yeah. Right. It's important um, to know. Yeah, and he's even said, you know, the joy of the church is to give birth. Uh, the joy of the church is to go out of herself to give life. The joy of the church is to go out to seek the sheep that are lost. The joy of the church is precisely the tenderness of the shepherd, the tenderness of the mother. Mm-hmm. If you think about like uh, Catherine of Alexandria, St. Catherine of Alexandria, mm-hmm. she was infused with this knowledge to go out and to give birth. Right. That's exactly what she did. She went and she shared the faith and shared the faith and pagans were being uh, converted and her mm-hmm. fellow prisoners were being converted. The only one who wasn't was the emperor, right. you know, because he, he had kind of rendered himself sterile from the truth, you know, but that doesn't stop the embrace, the desire of the mother, the desire of the saints who kind of witness to, to uh, Christ's bride. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, There are some things special, I can attest to this, about Italian mothers in particular and grandmothers and just Italian women. We'll go and say that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, generally this can be stereotyped as uh, you think of an Italian mama as like really determined, passionate, Mm -hmm. kind of in your face, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit Uh, (laughs) like not, no, not my, anyway, Uh, like very attentive, devoted um, and, and really tough as nails. Like you don't, you don't want to mess. Irascible, unsinkable. Unsinkable is a great Uh word. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, if you, I mean, it's, it's cheesy, like we said, but it's a great insight into the, some of the traits of mother church. So, you know, starting with that first one, really passionate um, and passionate love of the church. So Italians in general are very, are given credit for being very passionate about anything. Mm -hmm. I once saw an Italian man, probably in his nineties, 
threatened someone with death because they didn't let him on the bus. <laughs> wow. Very passionate. Yeah, about and, everything. And he was very expressive in the way that he did it. Um, but, I mean, you know, operas, wild gesticulation, yelling tones, you know, Italians mm-hmm. are always yelling. Like, we're very passionate about the things that, that we the way that we live our lives um just ask olivia about her baking sometimes yep. and you'll oh, you'll see so yeah. good yeah. so good i am very passionate about that <laughs> um but this this unrestrained emotion um it's also awful, often showered upon children um and you'll yes. see this you, you see the way that italian moms and families react uh, and interact with their kids yep. um uh, and in the article that we're we're you know feeding off of there was a story about um a woman um who didn't really strike the author as very maternal. Um, she was transformed in the presence of a child. And I've witnessed this too. You know, you, you come across someone who maybe seems a little bit gruff, maybe a little bit um, unapproachable. You put a baby in their lap mm-hmm. and they just melt. That's right. Everything you know? changes. Yeah. yeah the, the, it's almost like their face, facial structure changes um, to, to alleviate stress for joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's that attention, that attentiveness to the person in front of them that's saying like, I'm, I'm here. I, adore you I'm present to you and I'm here to meet the needs and the desires of your heart and that's the church talking to us the church is is attentive to us she attends to your person and she she pays attention to you um, and and she does that in in various ways, um, but she also does it in the rhythm of the liturgical year. Um, sure. It's important to pay attention to um, because it's this unfolding drama of God becoming man, dying on the cross, and we we participate in that every year without fail. Um, and we vacillate between you know feast days and fast days, highs and lows, and those passions are are evident. Um, they're evident of the passion of the church, um, and and they they put on display kind of the passions of the human drama, the passions of the Christocentric drama. Um, but I think they also um, point to just the reality that, that the church sees that we, who we are, that we have times for feasting and times for fasting. Yeah. Um, and that, that Christ isn't isolated from that. Christ is very much um, in intimacy with that. Um, and that ultimately, by walking with us in those things, um, he's trying to lead us to a life of abundance. You know, John 10, 10, um, I came so that you might have life and have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the church is trying to, to push us towards, to walk with us towards is that abundant life. Uh, so number two on the list, mom, I ain't afraid to tell you when you're wrong. <laughs> um, and this true. is possibly like one of the hardest things to swallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It just like whenever, I don't know, you're young and your mom t- is telling you something. That Especially if you think you know everything, right? Cause all young people oh, yeah. at some point in their lives in the teenage Are. years. And then as you move through the college years, you're like, That's no, right. no, I got it. I got yeah. this wired. I'm omniscient. I yeah. got this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But She's going, she's going to tell it to you straight. And mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's really hard, it's hard to swallow. Um, and you know that. Sometimes there's a moment when you realize she's right. Oh, uh, yeah. But I got to keep fighting, um, right? I got to exactly, keep going. Yeah. And um, do we. The truth doesn't change according to our ability to stomach it, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's a Roman kind of um, adage. Um, that's something that my grandmother actually uh, used to tell me when I was little. So if you're watching this, thanks, Nana. Um, she tell you that it's not advisable to walk outside with your hair wet um, and with the back of your neck uncovered because oh. you'll, you'll get sick and you'll die. Um, and so it's still to this day, I don't walk outside with my hair wet. I wait or I, I dry it and I put it in a ponytail. Because um, you don't want the malaria, right? You don't want that's bad right. air. Yeah, yeah, because cause I'll die. Um, and I'm not going to question that, right? There you go. Um, so our own mother, the church, 
she knows that it's vital to tell her children the truth about life and it's for their own salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you're thinking about the church's mother, uh, sometimes she tells you not to play in the yard and it's not because she doesn't want you to have fun. It's because there are snakes in the yard. Mm -hmm. You know, she's telling you something because she wants to protect you. She's, she's telling you that, that this is not for your good, but there's a a good to be enjoyed in a little while. There's a good to be enjoyed once dad comes home. Um, It's one of the great, uh, the the great things about, about the world in which we live today, just as it was in, in the beginning after the fall, is that we, we want to have everything that the world has to offer but without any of the responsibility, mm-hmm. and we want to have everything the world has to offer, and if possible, if that get, if God gets in the way of that, then we're willing to give God something, but not everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the church reminds us that, no, you have to empty yourself out completely to the Lord, and then you will receive everything else besides. Huh? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you but you have to be willing to submit to the cross first. Mm-hmm. And that's why the church is always willing to say, no, but this, but this is the truth. This is what will, will make your heart not ache with sadness, but ache with joy. Mm-hmm. This is what will bring eventual ecstasy, mm-hmm. right, right. of the heart. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and that's one thing that you can always rely on the church to do is to stand by those core truths, those core values. Whenever we vacillate and we oscillate and we aren't sure of what we're doing or what we're supposed to think or believe, she's steadfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and she guards those truths that are established by Christ and in Christ and the person of Jesus Christ two millennia ago to the present day. Um, and so while she may tell you, you know, go to confession, and that seems really harsh or that seems um, like not her place. Um, or just don't go out with your neck uncovered. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it like, might seem right. as trivial as that. The impulse is the same. It's it's out of love. Mm-hmm. She cares for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she she wants truly the good of us, the good of the other. That's what love is. She wants yeah. the good of the other. Um, and so she's going to will that by, by giving us instruction. Um, okay, so number three... <laughs> Mangiare. You're hungry, let me fix you something. I feed you. <laughs> um, yeah, this is something that um, that every Italian mother knows very well. Feed your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have... I've never been to a, a meal in my house or with my parents that has not that couldn't feed at least twenty other people mm-hmm. than just the people sitting at the table. And if a priest is there, then it can feed forty. That's true. Mm-hmm. You, you it do count creates for an quadruple. instant multiplication of food. Yeah, I don't know why, but there it is. I love the Italian mommy for that. <laughs> the Italian mom. Yeah. Oh. Kathleen, you haven't been to I a love Galino. A my family's Irish, man. We have oh, yeah. we have just the opposite. We don't you have, have all you can drink, but not all you yeah. can eat, right? Which yeah. is, I mean, <laughs> we should team up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> really should. There, a good time. there would be a war at the table, <laughs> yeah. but it would be great food. Yeah. 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 So. The, the thrust of that is that not only does the church's mother want to feed you, she wants to give you nourishment, but mm-hmm. she wants to give you good stuff. Yeah. She doesn't, she's not going to give you, you know, like saltines or like chicken <laughs> broth. Like she wants to give you like hearty meatballs, handmade, hand rolled with love. You know, she, right. she wants to give you Fennel the good stuff. and pork and all those good things. That's right. An entire pork mm-hmm. shoulder just for you. <laughs> um, Wrapped in bacon, by the way. That's right. Or prosciutto. Prosciutto. There you go, prosciutto. Love it. Uh, yeah. Much better. Okay. So, <laughs> I like you it, insist. <laughs> Kathleen's like, whatever. Um, <laughs> Nick in the chat room says, oh, Father, you're far too thin. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. The church as mother and all of the, the, the good women who represent her in my yeah. life. How many to-go plates have you been sent home with all from Stacey? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So in thinking about the church, you know, what could be more sublime than bread from heaven? Yeah. Right. And not just any food, it's bread. We'll talk about that another time. Mm-hmm. But 
Every day around the world, the church offers us the Eucharist, the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And this is actual heaven. This is, this is participation in, in the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. There's nothing better than that. Which itself is a banquet that never ends. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a foretaste, and it is itself the banquet. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's literally nothing better than that. And the church is offering that to us every single day. She offers us not only the sacrament of the Eucharist, but the thing that gives us access to it, mm-hmm. reconciliation. Um, okay, so number four, pace e bene, which si. means peace and good. Um, so think about when an Italian mama has lost her passion and, and focus for the well-being of her children. She's like the salt that's lost its flavor, right? Um, and a real mom, and you know this, is not content with that kind of laissez-faire, like, meh, do whatever you want attitude. Um, she knows intuitively that it's good to have a clean house, a full tummy, a soul filled with peace and joy, because peace, joy, Order, beauty, love, those are the bedrocks of, of what makes your soul thrive. Um, and we need that. Um, so the author re- recounts a, a story of an Italian mama who moved to the, the U.S. over 20 years ago because she fell in love with an American soldier. Um, she traveled the world with her husband, and then she said, no matter where we lived, I was able to provide a beautiful home for my children, even in the most humble of places, because she made sure that her gifts were put to the, the service of that beauty, mm-hmm. um, because it's important. It's not frivolous. It's not uh, to be sacrificed to utility. Beauty and order are very important um, so that we can thrive. You know, so when we talk about um, peace and the good, um, you know, the church doesn't neglect those. That's why we have things like sacred architecture. That's why we yeah. have things like sacred music and art, why the church is, is so uh, rich and abundant in the world of art and music um, and architecture because she she recognizes that it it's not just nice or convenient or I don't know something you do if you have free time to mm. create art to be artists it's something that feeds us yeah. and even if you don't have that capacity to you know create something that that others see as beautiful well, first of all, you do. But second of all, you always have that capacity to appreciate it because you need it. You, mm-hmm. you To receive it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you as, as a person, you as a body and a soul, you crave that beauty. Mm-hmm. And so when you find it in its authentic form, you appreciate it. You know, So think about the last time you went into a beautiful church and you stared up at a dome or you stared up at a, a painting or a, a mosaic and you were just in awe. That's <coughs> Reverent liturgy. <coughs> Reverent liturgy. <coughs> Uh-huh. You know, you have those moments that, that bring you to an encounter, bring you to a moment of wonder. That's the, that's the fundamental moment. That's the moment where you are ready to receive the Lord is when you are in a complete state of wonder because you know that, all right, I have nothing else but readiness for him. Yeah. And the church knows that. So that's why she gives us so many opportunities to be able to get to that point. All right. So number five. <laughs> This is kind of funny. Her sons never leave home. <laughs> Decker will never leave you. <laughs> oh, Nico. Nico. Um, well, what's funny is I actually, my parents met some cousins I still have in Sicily. Uh-huh. Um, and they met, uh, I forget his name, but um, Anthony. We'll call him Anthony. Yeah. Um, and he was like in his mid-30s and he's still living with his mom. <laughs> Well, There's you know. no shame in that game. Oh, go Tony. That's right. Yeah. Italiano. That's right. <laughs> I'm more Italian than Kathleen you think. Liamo. <laughs> I live with my mama temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> temporarily. 
my god. For the last the three years. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not true. Continue. Sorry. No, uh, true. No, no. That's no, true, but that's true. That's true. Yeah. Mama always welcomes us back, right? That's right. Absolutely, she always welcomes yeah. us back. Um, and we all. It may seem, you know, unconventional or or strange to have a church uh, and a mother with so many sons around her. Yeah. Um, but. No, in the natural order, the spiritual order of things, having a priest at the heart of the spiritual home makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in the heart of the mother is where you would want them to be. It's where you pray that they are. Yep. Um, and if they are, aren't, then it's your job as a participation uh, in that, that maternity of the church to bring them back. Oh, yeah. I'm a mama's boy. I that am. you are. Mm-hmm. All right. Number six, mamas are rich in mercy. Um, so we talk about the prodigal son's father. Um, that's a, a great story of, of the, the mercy of God the Father. Um, but the, the church's mother also exemplifies that mercy because there's nothing softer than a mother's heart. And there's nothing, um, there's no, you know, sin on your part. There's no, um, you know, transgression. There's no indiscretion, whatever, that will keep you from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, because that heart, that, that heart always softens, um, for you and your person. Um, and so the, the motherhood of the church exemplifies that, you know, it's funny. They say she might hit you with an umbrella first or <laughs> yell at you while gestic- gesticulating madly, but sooner or later, somewhere in the drama, she will let you know one way or another that you are loved and forgiven right. probably by feeding you. Probably so. Which is, again, a very the sacramental kind of very thing. Very sacramental, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't keep an umbrella in the confessional. so. Yeah. But you wish. No, no I would never do that. <laughs> no, no, he would never. Um, but yeah, like earthly mothers, the church offers great mercy to her prodigal children. Yep. First through confession and then to join the family again with that, that invitation to the Eucharistic banquet. That's right. So um, every mother, of course, has her flaws and her weaknesses. Um, the, it's often said of the church that she is, she is pure white, um, but she's blackened by the sin of her members. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always at that foundation, Holy Mother Church. Um, and, and that's the care uh, of God. That's what, that's the, the love that's exemplified by um, the Blessed Virgin Mary mm-hmm. um, and is, you know, so perfectly embodied in her. Um, and, and not only is, does, are her members weak and maybe we've been hurt by those, but, but she understands our weaknesses. She understands that we are sinners. Um, and so it's that reciprocal relationship of we're all trying to get each other to heaven. Um, and this for our mother, the church, nothing is more important than that. Mm -hmm. Nothing is more important than you and your salvation. That's right. Which is why the Psalms uh, often talk about, um, um, the Lord's presence, uh, like that of a mother, huh? And we, we kind of transmute that onto the church that uh, she wishes for us to, to rest in her lap and, and to find nourishment at her bosom. Mm-hmm. And that is done through the sacramental life of the church and through the mercy that is shown forth by God through, through those sacraments. So church is like an Italian mama. I think there's, a, there's more truth to that than we let ourselves believe on a daily basis. One of the things that uh, we can't talk about as being untrue because it very much is true is that part of the show that we like to call The CU Pick of the Week. Ah, yes. The pick of the week. I'm going to ready my pick of the week, but I guess we'll go to Kathleen first. Okay. <laughs> you were ready. Okay. See, well, when that music comes on, I hear that in my sleep. Do, do, dee, 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 do. <laughs> like, ready with my pick. Okay. This, um, in May, this is a local thing, so it oh, hasn't yet local. expanded. Uh, but in May, our local uh, news place, <laughs> station, um, did a story on some four entrepreneurs here in the greater Baton Rouge area that started an app called Idle, happy, happy renting. I D L E. I D L E. Not golden calf, no. but 
Okay. Yeah, idle, happy renting. And what happened was, you know, here in, in Baton Rouge, we had the flood of 2016. And what happened was a lot of people were rebuilding. And this has happened throughout the country, so I think that this is going to take off. But, and Olivia, I know that you um, are working on your house, so you may might run into this, that you have one thing, one project that needs to get done that you end up having to buy, like, a $900 pressure washer mm-hmm. for. Or a giant mm-hmm. nail gun kind right, of thing. that yeah. you're going to use once. And so Idle was born out of this this catastrophe, this flood, um, where these guys looked around and they said, man, we, we have all, everybody's buying new tools. Why don't we just share them? Yeah. So it's a way to rent out your, um, your tools, your, pow- you know, your, your, you know, big money tools that mm-hmm. you bought, that you had to have. Now they're just sitting in your garage, mm-hmm. you know, collecting dust. And so right now it's available on Android and Apple and it's, as far as I know, in in May, um, it's only available to the Baton Rouge area, uh, but I'm hoping that this this you know explodes because yeah. it's a, it's an awesome idea, and I think it's really interesting how people are tuning into this idea of look, let's just share what we got. Yeah, we you know? supposedly learned it in kindergarten. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but this time let's let's you know let's yeah. gain a little money for it. <laughs> well, there is really, that. Yeah, right. But I mean, instead of paying nine hundred dollars, you're paying maybe fifty dollars, you know, yeah. to use mm-hmm. it for a day. That's right. From somebody down the street who's like. Your I mean, how many people have uh, have gone to the supermarket to use the the steam cleaner for your carpet? You know, it's right. the same thing, but yes. this is an app for it. Exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. There like it is. Oh, Olivia. I okay. My, <laughs> my my pick of the week is something kind of related to my house. It's just super it's super boring. Anyway, that's all right. Um, so I uh, my house is kind of tiny. Um, really cute. So really cute though. Um, but uh, wanting to keep it clean and knowing that if I have to plug something in and out every two seconds, that I'm going to drive myself crazy and I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for a cordless vacuum, and this is the one that I found. And you can get a really good deal on it if you go to the link that we'll put in the show notes. But it's the Shark Ion Rocket cordless ultralight vacuum ir70 IR i don't know if that's important maybe um but it's awesome and i realized after using it for the first time that i have never used a real vacuum before other than like the the rainbow thing that my mom made me use when i was little that had like a really long cord on it and i just Mm. no um (laughs) but but yeah so this thing it not only it's cordless so it cleans my entire house but i can do it in like 20 minutes um it's super powerful goes from carpet to hardwood um so yeah it's kind of a (laughs) If you're looking for a vacuum and uh, it's kind of a boring pick of the week, but oh. super helpful. Um, and I got a good deal on it. It's about a hundred dollars cheaper right now at one of your big box stores wow. um, than any other retailer. So of course, if you're watching us in 2022, it may not be anymore. Yeah, probably not. And there's so. probably something better by That's now, right. but look at you, Olivia, dolting all over the place. I know. I'm proud of you. <laughs> the battery sold up pretty well. Yeah. The battery, I mean, it charges really quick and it lasts for, like I said, about 20 minutes, which for me is enough to clean my whole good. house. Okay. Um, because, right. like I said, tiny. But, um, but yeah, it charges pretty cool. quick. So if you needed more than that. All right, uh, Jeff, pick of the week. I have one of them OML. Oh, my lordy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, were in uh, Memphis a couple of weeks ago. Memphis. And um, we stayed at the, there was a place there, very iconic, called the Pyramid. Uh-huh. And it's located right along I 40 at the Mississippi River. And oh, uh, nice. people who have been, it used to be like a, a forum where they would uh, uh, like hold basketball or oh, concerts, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, um, FedEx built a new one across town. So this has been 
empty for years. It just sat there, but it's so oh, iconic. Yeah. Well, uh, Bass Pro bought it, and uh, what? they said we're going to put a Bass Pro. You know Pro you're a Memphis win. <laughs> but here's the thing. They uh, they also opened what they call the Big Cypress Lodge. Like So the oh, store, and it's, it is so finely detailed. It's on the bottom floor. Yeah. But uh, on the second and third stories, they have uh, these over-the-top rooms built and, and pointed like a lodge. I mean, the, the attention. So it's to, a Bass Pro Hotel. It is. Oh, that's awesome. It is unbelievable. You know you're in the South when. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check out the show notes. It's uh, it's 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 remarkable. That's really cool. I'm gonna have. To, I might have to stay there because I like a you neat hotel love experience. It. I'm telling you, yeah. it's a great place yeah. for a getaway. My pick of the week yes. uh, is related some in some way to the Camino. Yay. So yeah, the the Gonex um, packing cube. It's like a normal oh. packing cube, but it's really cool because you put your stuff in it, right? Uh-huh. But, and I'm unzipping it here for those of you watching on the radio, and then you unzip the other layer, Come on. and you have more packing ability, oh. but then whenever you close it up, you then zip it up both layers, and it compresses the stuff that's in it. So it takes up a oh. little bit less of a footprint if you're, say, filling up a 50-liter pack um, you know, with a bunch of these things. So, nice. so the, the Go Next packing cube, you can get, uh, I think, uh, one, two, three, four, five, and a stuff sack for 40 bucks Ooh. on Il Amazone. So, we'll put that. Stuff sack. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for you. That's my pick of the week. One more show to go, by the way, until I head across <laughs> the pond. Bum, bum, bum. And then Kathleen takes over. You know, th- <laughs> this week. We are, we are very, very glad because the Catholic Underground happens because of all of our benefactors. Isn't that right, Jeff? Absolutely. This week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join mm-hmm. the growing number of undergrounders at catholicundergroundcom slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. And there's more information at catholicunderground.tv. That is right. If you want the show notes, if you want uh, to subscribe to our podcast audio, if you want to uh, get all the information about what we are and what we do, and if you want to follow my upcoming blog, do it. Yeah, we'll cross post it over on the Catholic Underground. You go to CatholicUnderground.com. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress. She's our hope samurai. She's at Kaylee626 on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kathleen. Here's I'm. Also, Olivia Galino is at OM Galino on all of the social medias. More and, or less. Uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can chat with her that way. Uh, thank you, Olivia. Thank you. That's right. Uh, Jeff Blackwell's up there. He's our tech director. He's at Jeff Blackwellis on all the social medias. Hey, grazie, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Digital Catholic. And I'll tell you, you can follow me at fatherchrisdecker.com. Spell all the words out. And Ooh. that's where my, my prime blog. Also, if you want to see some of my artwork and stuff, fatherchrisdecker.com. So, yeah. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gun Digital. And I'll see you at least one more time.